we are getting really close. We're setting up our finale. We're then going to take a break and decide the podcast's fate after we see what life is like without four hours of recording, three hours of game prep, and 12 hours of editing every two weeks. We have other story ideas in the same world. We would like to pursue them, but we're going to take that one analysis at a time. We're going to leave this as our finished product, two books, about 70 hours of tape for your listening enjoyment. Okay, don't forget to leave us a rating and review. And with that, last time on Carrots and Suffering. Sable created an awakened shrub monster of cursed thorns to escort them into the Feywild in hopes that it can help with dealing with the thorns there, and worst case scenario, they can confront the fairy queen with the damage she's inflicted. So I have the agate ready, and when I have the agate ready, I will look up at everybody, I will smile, and I'll say, one moment. And then I'm going to walk over and awaken the thorns. Okie dokie. Our heroes pass through the in-between on their way to the Feywild, where they learn that all fantasy worlds are connected. The keeper of this in-between gives them each a gift and sends them on their way. This is a classic moment of D&D, where the DM grants you all canon permission to exist in my world with your stories. Please do, I would find it infinitely flattering. And the, this creature walks you to this portal and says, well, we will never meet again. Hmm, but that's sad. Thank you for the gifts. Do you have a name? No, to have a name would make me no longer a creature that is in between. Mm. You have made too many decisions as you move forward to remain in the middle. Mm. Your companions used to be in the middle, but they have made too many decisions now. Their paths are too set. Silva casts a telepathic spell that allows our heroes to hide their discussions from the Fairy Queen, which becomes very important. I have learned a spell that could allow the three of us to communicate with each other in a similar manner to the way I communicate with Skrix, speaking to each other in our minds. Oh, that could be useful. Absolutely. Our heroes learn some of the rules about the fairy and meet captured mortals who made previous mistakes. Because I don't think I will need it for anything else, I'll cast Speak with Animals. Help me. <laughs> oh, God. She turned me into a goat. How do Get we help you? Get the hell out of here. How can we? I don't know. <laughs> you gotta do something. Everything's bad. <laughs> can this we just... is the worst. <laughs> and they arrive at the castle and stand before the fairy queen. Wow. The grounds are yours to explore. We shall have a ceremony here whenever I decide. And then the fairy queen's eyes close... And the whole room relaxes. You can just see them all start to mill about again. All right, let's get back into it. Hi, I'm Nate, and I will be your dungeon master. I'm Sandra. I play Sable the Druid. I'm Mandy. I play Jalen the Rogue. I'm Julie. I play Sylpha the Wizard. Nobody immediately comes up to you, though. What are you doing? Well, the first thing I did when she said welcome was fall into a very low curtsy, appropriate, and waited until she stopped speaking and then got back up. Yep. And then I look at both of you and went, the fairy queen spoke. Sort of. Sort of, yeah. Well, it seemed like it to me. Jalen's going to case the joint. Yeah, so it's it has a lack of amenities. It's like the creatures here don't need to sleep, eat, pee, pee. Luckily, we don't either right now. Right. But it has bathrooms. It has bedrooms. They don't look used much. Mm. 
but they're opulent as all hell. Anything you picked up here would be worth a hefty chunk of change back in Fenrir. She's going to take note of all the entrances and exits and hidey holes and also try to figure out if they're changing. She'll glue back and see if they're the same. She wants to take note of where any guards are, all that shit. There are guards evenly dispersed, but they don't seem to pay you any mind. Every single door is open. You don't find a locked door. This palace is big enough. You'll have to purposefully wander it. But you don't get too far before a man in a red coat walks up to you. He appears to be sort of a little on the shorter side. Five foot two strides up and says, So, a pleasure to meet you all. Uh, my name is, um, well, they call me Swampy. I believe you've met, and he looks directly at Sable, one of my kin. What? Roll me investigate. I rolled a natural 20. I believe he's talking about the dirt pile that had a relationship with Trey. Oh. You notice with a natural 20 that, one, this is a glamour. This man does not look anything like this. He, you suspect, given the way the air is moving around him and the bizarre footprints he leaves behind that seem to just fade into the marble, he's probably a three-foot-tall mud man mm. made of mud. Then I'll say, why, yes, Swampy, yes, we have. Excellent. Well, I, I'm the emissary of the Summer Court, and there aren't very many emissaries of the Summer Court here today, so if you have any business with Summer, please let me know. I am here to assist you. Of course, you know how it is. Ears everywhere, so, uh, you know. Uh, yes, yes. Do we have business with the Summer Court? I say in my head to Silpha and Jalen and Drossel. Why not? So I think Silpha... As a matter of decorum, we'll say. Then I think it would be awfully rude for me not to introduce myself. I'm Silpha Lunari. Oh, yes. You're the, uh, well, the only daughter of Lord Summerbreeze. I've, I've heard of you. Yes. An honor to meet your acquaintance. And he, he sticks out his hand, and it's lower than you'd expect. The glamour's hand is much higher up than his, and they're meeting so if you would like to shake his hand, you're going to have to reach below your waistline. I think Silpha will just curtsy to him. He gives you a nod, and you hear a dripping noise just around him, but you can't see what's dripping, and you, you probably think maybe not shaking his hand was a good move. <laughs> and he says, I would love to have a chat with you. The Fairy Queen of Summer is quite interested in having her lord back on his land, Things have gone quite stagnant in the lands of Summer Breeze. Mm. And he just gives you a nod. Miev says, so there's some people I'm looking for, and I'm going to need to go look for them. And Drossel leans in and says, there aren't any mortals in this room. You should be careful. Do you need help, lady? She says, yeah. I'm looking for two men of House Miev. Okay. That came here? One of them yeah. is your husband? My husband and my father should both be here somewhere. Hmm. Do they look like you? Well, sort of. I think you'll recognize them. There aren't that many Mievs here. I ask in my head, Drossel, is our magic going to work here the way that it works in other worlds? Oh, yes. Very similar. Time being subjective, but otherwise... Mm. All right. There's a library I can show you, too. I usually study in it whenever I'm here. It's actually really something. I would be delighted to see the library. <laughs> so Drossel wraps a, an elbow to your elbow and walks you down one of the big halls and then turns, and there is a library. 
it is six stories of books in all directions, multiple aisles stretching out as far as the eye can see, and everything is these giant leather tomes that just stretch endlessly. And he says, In here is every agreement ever made on the lands of the Fairy Queen. Are they indexed? <laughs> no. They're organized entirely by her own thought. <sighs> You'd be here for a long time if you were looking for something specific. I see. But that's what I do when I'm here, is actually wander around and look for something specific. So I guess until she calls her ceremony, I'll, I'll be here. If you need anything, come get me. That sounds great. I just pull one off of a shelf. What, are they scrolls or books? They're books. Big leather tomes. All right, I pull a book off the shelf and open it randomly. Jalen thinks to him, is it just the agreements themselves, or is there a record of when they're broken? There would be a record of when they're broken, but again, organized by the Fairy Queen's thoughts. You'll have a hard time finding something she doesn't want you to know. Unless, of course, you find a way to distract her attention. I'll say that's going to be my job as soon as she wants to call everyone back. I'm flipping through a book. I'm just reading a random page. Yeah, so apparently 10,000 years ago or so, the Fairy Queen had a, a set of agreements with a number of pixies, a small pixie tribe that you think is all probably extinct at this level. But you read all about how their rules and decorum and the little piece of land they were allowed to live on is. And it, that's the book. I'll say pixies, and then I'll just put it back on the shelf. So. Do you want to look for Miev's family? Do you want to, I mean, we just have to wait until she's ready to talk to us. And Sylpha thinks, did you want to try to find Marigold? <sighs> I want to find the garden, I say out loud, because that's safe. Drossel will just point his hand and say, back out towards the entrance, you'll see a path that leads into the gardens. Jalen thinks, once again, I know the answer to this, but Jalen thinks, should we split up? Well, the spell works across distance, so we can continue communicating. I'll go to the garden. I'll help Mia find her husband and her father. Okay. Silpha, what do you want to do? I think Silpha will accompany Sable to the garden, because she has some ideas. Okay. Before we go, mm -hmm. the spell, that the hat that I have, makes potions, right? Yes, it does. So I say, hold on a second, and I'll rummage around for a water skin or something like that. I'm trying to create a potion of mind reading. Jalen can pull out a flask from her coat pocket. <laughs> That's true. All right. You generate your potion of mind reading. And I pour that carefully into the end of this water skin or whatever it is that I found. I mean, if you give me a, something to put it in. Are you intending to give this to each of us? No, I was going to give it to you. Oh, okay. Specifically. Yeah, Jalen will reach in and think small vessel and pull out a flask. Okay. Can you get me a funnel? Sure. This is two okay, uses so get of a this funnel. in one day, but okay. <laughs> pour it in. Well, I mean, if we already have a funnel. Did you generate a flask and a funnel? Yep. Yeah, so I pour it in and seal it up, and I'll say, if you need to ask someone where they are, this potion will let you read their thoughts, and maybe you can find out. And it says, when drunk, a creature gains the effect of the detect thought spell. Save DC 13. Okay. All right. Well, I'll see if we can put this to good use. I guess this technically wouldn't be an attack. Nope, technically. And that's what matters. Technicalities. I mean, I'm drinking it myself. I'm not making anybody else drink it. <laughs> no, exactly. You're, you're not hurting them. If you could trick them into drinking it, then they could read your mind. Um, Yay! <laughs> yeah, don't do that.
So Sable and Silpha, you wander into the garden and the garden is filled with late season growth. So think late autumn, lots of things are browned. You've got browned corn stalks, things that are ready for harvest, vegetables, lots of ivy rolling up these garden walls. And every so often there's just a an ice sculpture. It's always of some kind of creature. Sometimes it's a person, sometimes it's a monster, but it's just an ice sculpture. I'm guessing Mirkwood is still with us, correct? You gotta tell me. Yeah, I would prefer that, yes. Then yeah, he's following you. And the thorns thing, <laughs> I guess. Yeah, it, it just lumbers behind you. It's got, it's got no agenda. As you start wandering the garden, a man in a blue coat walks up and says, Greetings, it is a pleasure to meet your acquaintance. Greetings, you are? Hmm, I guess introductions would be customary. You can call me Shard. I am the Winter Court Emissary. Okay. If you have any business with the Winter Court, I can assist you. I give him a suitable... One of the things that I learned when I was Baroness is at least how to do appropriate bows and such, right? Yeah, sure. All right, so I give him a, an appropriate one. Roll me investigate. Oh. Both of you. 17 plus whatever it is. 20. Sable will bow and say, I am Sable Varathi Mirkwood. It is a pleasure to meet you. I only rolled a 15, but I got a 20 as well. Because my okay. intelligence is plus five. Whee! Whee! The two of you note a few things. One, this creature's footprint is probably six times the size of his foot. Oh. And his voice seems to be coming from much higher up than his face. He's a frost mm. giant. Or something. <laughs> so you have a sense that this is a massive creature in front of you. And it says, do you have any questions about the Royal Garden? It's my personal favorite place. Let's say the uh, sculptures are delightful. Who created them? Ah, well, that depends on your interpretation. Was it the one who broke the law, or the one who imposed the punishment? Hmm. Perhaps both. Collaboration, so to speak? Hmm. Then each one is a collaboration between the fairy queen and a fellow artist. Could you tell me about some of them? Oh, I can try, but truth be told, you can ask them yourselves. We can. If they were frozen, we'll awake. They're awake. And if they were frozen, well, they're asleep. They're asleep. But if you lay your hand on them, you should be able to hear them either way. I'm going to test that. I'll put my hand on the nearest one. So the nearest one is this massive creature. It appears to be just a truly wildly large wolf. You can walk up and put a hand on its paw, and it says, What do you want? I'm sorry to trouble you. I simply wanted to know about you. It is my first visit to the castle. Mm, I'm serving my sentence. How long? One eon. That seems a long time. Well, don't bite the fairy queen in her own court. I understand. I'm guessing you don't want company? Company is irrelevant. I will be here for a significant amount of time longer. Stop by, say hi, or don't. Goodbye for now, then. Mm. And then I'll turn around and I'll look at, at Sylph and say, it works! Though he's pretty grumpy, so... I can imagine. And Sylph's heart falls into the pit of her stomach. I think Mirkwood puts a hand on Sylph's shoulder and just says, you get used to it if you see it enough. <laughs> I don't think that makes her feel any better. <laughs> <It doesn't help. laughs> you get complacent. 
<laughs> I think Silpha says, The thought of becoming accustomed to such a thing is troublesome itself. Yes, well, this land isn't really meant for your kind. If you were a fairy, this would seem, well, all quite normal. Emissary Shard. Yes. I hear that there is a statue of Marigold in these gardens. Hmm. Follow me. Oh, thank you. And he guides you through the gardens. After what feels like 20, 30 minutes, you arrive at a statue of a woman. She's standing calmly. As you look at it, it's made of ice, but there is this single tear rolling down one side of her face. Other than that, she's fairly nondescript woman. She's wearing a nice dress. I put my hand on it. You hear a voice, and it's talking to things that aren't you. You've arrived in the middle of a conversation. Oh, yes, the tea today is lovely. What do you think? Ah, oh, yes. Oh, wonderful. Pass the biscuits. <laughs> I'll say... I, I don't know. Do I have to say it out loud? Uh, probably. Nope. Oh, okay. So I think in that direction... Oh, I love biscuits. Thank you. I'm going to see if I can't insert myself into her dream. Yeah, it... it oh, a new guest. Please sit down. I don't believe I know you. I say, no, we have not had the pleasure of meeting, but I do know you. By reputation, of course. My name mm. is Sable. Sable Varathi. Oh, Varathi, how wonderful. You're an ancestor of mine. Oh, time is strange, I hear, these days. Mm-hmm. What can I do for you today, Sable? I'll say, Marigold, you can tell me, are you still the Fairy Queen's wife? Hmm. Roll me persuasion. Oh, persuasion? Mm-hmm. Oh, I rolled a 19! Thank you! That's a 23. Oh, okay. So y you quickly realize that this person's not awake. Yeah. They are asleep. And so it, it takes them a while to get into a headspace where they can attach to reality again. And it, it doesn't last. So you, you have to talk them into loops to get truths out of them. Yep. But eventually you get, yes, yes, I'm still the fairy queen's wife. Her only wife, actually. Her only one? Yes. It was a condition set for our marriage. I take the space that she had reserved for a fae. Fascinating. Yes. You sound like a Varathi. <laughs> Unfortunately, it doesn't seem to be working out so good recently. How is that? I'm sorry to hear. Hmm. Well... I insisted that she love me, but she's so mean to everyone else. Have you lost your love? Oh, that's a hard question to answer. Roll me insight. Can I roll insight as well? I'm not talking to her, but I... You can walk up and listen by just putting a hand on the thing. Yeah, give me insight. I have taken the, the statue's hand. I am... Didn't roll so well this time. Oh, but my insight is a nine, so that's 16. I got a 17. Yeah, you both get the sense that she is specifically not telling you the truth, and therefore you're pretty sure she does not love the Fairy Queen. Mm-hmm. I think Silpha will say it's terribly difficult to love someone if they're only kind to you and not to anyone you care about. Hmm. Yes, well, it's hard work. Marriage is hard work. But it's possible I just miss my home. Hmm. It is possible. Home is comforting. Yes, I should like to go back sometime. Maybe we could travel there together. Hmm. So we'll say. I think your wife intends to bring 
home to you. Hmm. That is the kind of drastic thing she might do. Hmm. I don't know if that'll make it better, but it, it might. It might make it better. Mm. Sable winces. <laughs> it's not the best, too. Go ahead and roll me insight. Oh. That would be a 20. I got a 9. Yeah, so with a 9, you think she's still trying to make this work, somehow. With a 20, you think she's still trying to make this work, and it is delusional. Yeah. So I'll say, could you pass the clotted cream, please? Oh, yes, absolutely. And she gets lost in the dinner party aspect of the dream. Yes, yeah. I don't want her to think too much about our world coming into hers. <laughs> Again, she starts serving you up tea and talking about people you can't see. You, you get the impression that you're sitting around a, a table of people you don't know and have never met. And she starts introducing you. And, and I slowly fade out of that dream and give Sofa a look and say... Let's not help her think about bringing the world here. Just in case. I say that in your head. In Sylpha's head. And Sylpha will say, well, I don't think it's her doing it. Yeah, but if she can hear Marigold, we don't want to hear her thinking it might work. And then in the connection that I have with Jalen, I'll say, we found Marigold. Any luck? She's delusional. <laughs> <laughs> I thought she was frozen. She is. We're going to jump topics here. So you'll start to have that conversation, but we actually need to figure out what Jalen has been up to. So, Jalen, how are you going to go about finding these people? She can't telepathically communicate with Miev, so I think she's going to deliberately take up a space behind her like she's a servant of some kind. Mm -hmm. Because she knows the Fae can't talk to her. She's not sure if Miev knows that. But she wants at the right, right moment to drink this potion and for the Fae to be talking to Miev. Hmm. So Miev wanders without talking to anybody initially. She's trying to get this thing found without a deal, seems to be. I imagine we're looking for mortals. I mean, we haven't seen any yet, yeah, right? Yeah, so you roam around. There's a lot of places that seem very empty, but you do find the kitchen pretty quickly. And you do see they're, they're making food, all kinds of strange things you've never seen before. Animals that aren't animals, vegetables that aren't vegetables, fruits that aren't fruit. There's nothing human in this kitchen. But all of the creatures cooking in here are human. And you found the first large pool of mortals. Jalen glances at Miev and holds up the flask. She waves it off for a second and says, Um, excuse me, do, do you know where the Mievs are? And one of the mortals looks up and says, Uh, try the dovecoats. And she says, where's that? And he just points. I can't leave. I'm working. And she says, okay. And turns and starts walking in the direction he pointed. You take a couple more turns and you find an outside courtyard inside the castle. And there's just chickens everywhere. <laughs> the foul place. And you see people running through, pulling eggs out of nests. And one of them freezes and turns around. And it's a 50-something-year-old man. He bears a strong resemblance to the Miev family, and he walks up and says, What are you doing here? And Lady Miev says, Father, how goes your sordid love affairs? And he says, Uh, I'm definitely ready to go home, but I can't seem to leave. And she says, Mmm. And so what are you doing now, tending chickens? And he says, Uh, if you wish to call them chickens, 
Then, yes, I am tending chickens. Jalen says, what's the nature of the deal that's keeping you here? Uh, well, I'm allowed to leave, but I can't find the exit. I mean, I can find the exit to the castle, but not the fairy realm. Aren't you a wizard, man? <laughs> the queen lost interest in me some time ago, and I am now just tending the chickens and trying to catch the eyes of a new patron in hopes that they might show me the way out. Jalen cocked right at the side and said, I didn't... So the queen can change her interest levels? Sort of. I think her interest level was the same level. She was in it for some casual affair and... And it was that casual? Got bored. Okay. I thought I was in it for the long haul at the time. And, well, here we are. Jalen looks at me up and says, So we need to negotiate his finding the gate? Maybe. Where's my husband? And she says, Charles? Oh, he's the favorite right now. You'll probably find him in the, in the solar, in the royal bedchambers. Don't think she lets him out. Where can we find that? Um, well, I'll walk you over. Okay, we're following him to the Queen's okay. Inner Sanctum. <laughs> you start heading to the Queen's Inner Sanctum. You end up walking around this big castle. That is when your mental connection clicks with Sable. Mm. Silpha, they have found Marigold, and you may now continue that conversation. Where did we leave off? I thought she was ice. She is frozen and in a dreamlike state. Uh, Apparently, she misses home, and this is where the Fairy Queen is getting the idea that bringing home here will help. Right. I do have an idea for approaching the Fairy Queen as soon as... I'm headed to her bedroom. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> don't get trapped? Well, we found Mia's father. He is trapped with the chickens, and he said her husband is in the Queen's solar private bedroom, so we're going there next. All right. Silva, so should we head back to the main affair? Did you want to look at the library? We could go there, too. Yes, I would far prefer to investigate things at the library with Drossel, but... Well, please do. I mean, I would like to go back to the main room just to make sure she doesn't forget that we're here. Well, I should think <sighs> it's expected that we mm, mingle. She's not going to forget about us until we make a decision. <laughs> I can mingle. I'll find you. All right, so I'm going to take Mirkwood and the Thorn thing with me. Let's now finish up with the Fairy Queen Solar. Mm -hmm. So... You walk into a an apartment with 25-foot ceilings. It's got multiple rooms. It's got this massive bed chambers. It's got its own lavatory. It's got a little bathroom. It, but it's all decorated like a big game hunter would decorate something. Except instead of taxidermy, the stuff's all frozen. So it's like frozen raging bear from the mortal realm, frozen swarm of bees and their hive from the mortal realm. And everything seems to be from the mortal realm. You see people, actually, like humans of various genders, all in frozen states. Some different fantasy races are around here, too. Like, you'll spot a dwarf, you'll spot an elf. And sitting at a little table next to the bed, reading a book, is a young man in his early 20s. He looks up, and Miev says, Charles, and he stands up, and Miev runs over and just gives him this massive crushing hug. And Charles is like, "What? why are you here? And she says, shut up, and just squeezes him. Mm. 
this goes on for some time. Yep. Her father is still with us? Yeah, he's just standing there. Yeah, Jalen will say, what do you know about all of these? And she gestures at all the ice um, ice figures, ice taxidermy. <laughs> Isodermy. So, Isodermy. <laughs> my understanding is for many millennia, the fairy queen wanted to be a, a god. I guess some of her sisters and aunts and uncles are gods. So she wanted to be the god of beasts, but that was taken. So she's the god of... So she's the ice queen? No, uh, that would be the queen of winter. She's just close enough to winter. She has access to ice. No, this is her trophy collection. She wanted to be the god of the beast within man. And so these are the beasts of man and and the men. Why are they here and not her garden? Ah, well, the garden's for prisoners. This is her trophy room. So these are dead? Yes. Well, some of them. Is there a way to tell which is which? Oh, you could touch them. The dead ones don't talk. All right, Jalen will go around and start touching some of them. The animals are overwhelmingly dead. The people aren't. So the first one you touch is a half-elven-looking woman. She says, oh my god, you're here. Hi. Are you here to let me go? I don't know how. God, nobody knows how. You could talk to the fairy queen for me, right? She sort of forgot about me, but then I started dying, so she froze me. Can you tell her Tell her to remember me? We had great times together. What's your name? This is going to be a Bertha. Bertha. She's an elf? Half elf. Terrible elf name. Half elf. Yeah. Oh, okay. Half elf. <laughs> Blame the human side. Well, Bertha, what did you do to get into this predicament? I didn't do anything. We were, I, I, I mean, I was in love and she was beautiful and we just, we were together and then she got bored and stopped thinking about me and then I started getting old and then I told her I was dying and she froze me. She just froze me. I've, I don't even know how long I've been here. Okay. I, I don't know if I can do anything for you. <laughs> I won't forget you. Well, uh, thank you, but... Oh, God, it's been so long. So time is still moving for you in this state? Uh, I mean, sort of. The time passes, but the mental time passes, but not the physical time. Does Does that make sense? You experience the hours, but you don't move with the clock. Yeah, I think I understand what you mean. All right, Bertha, I... I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah, I'll go back to thinking about, I don't know. Are you still in love with her? She froze me. So no. You gotta get me out of here. She looks at Lord Miev and says, Do you know any way to get these people out? Oh, God, no. No, I mean, the Fairy Queen controls everything here. She would have to let them out. There's nothing. I mean, the air you breathe is hers. Okay, she thinks to Silpha and Sable, she says, I found a lot more ice sculpture trophy prisoner sorts in her bedroom. Mm. Possibly all former lovers. Oh, and Miev's husband, who is a current lover. Can he leave? Her father is saying he can if he could find the way to the gate, which he can't. Well, we could lead him. Yeah, uh, possibly. He could just come with us. Miev's husband is currently the lady's favorite, so I don't know how she's going to feel about us trying to take him away. I believe all of this would require negotiating some kind of deal. We don't have any deal that negotiates a safe passage back. That's true. I do have ideas. You want to share those ideas? Alright, well, so, yeah, she's still a little nervous, so she's not going to spell it out, but she's going to give you what she thinks is going to explain. So, she is going to 
get in her mind an image of the fairy queen and us being in front of the fairy queen and talking to her. If there's any thought of negotiation, that's the image that she has in her mind, is there and negotiating. Then get an image of Mirkwood with her and Sable gesturing to Mirkwood and then gesturing back to the fairy queen and her focusing in on the heart that Mirkwood has and says, I think we might convince her to learn what love really is. It's the mid-roll, and that means it's time for fairy facts. Today we visit South America, Brazil to be exact. The Buauna, the Grand Cobra, is a snake, which is a popular form of villainous monster from native tribes. The Grand Cobra swims underwater and hides its massive form under the earth. The creature's 200 meters long and 10 meters wide, with enormous eyes that glow like searchlights under the waves. It has a powerful stench, it makes loud rumbling noises, but can also turn into the shape of any ship on the river. It has a powerful magnetic effect that damages other boats. It creates some pretty serious mischief. It can kill people by swallowing their shadows, mesmerizes people with its glowing eyes, and it impregnates women who swim too close to the creature in the water. What makes this a fairy myth is that the creature can hide in plain sight, causes mischief, and has some unknowable motives. I choose to classify it as a water fairy and continue to insist that fairies are universal across the world. Its weakness, it turns out, is hot milk. So, I guess if you go swimming in the Amazon, watch out for giant snakes, and ensure someone has hot milk out away from wherever it is you are swimming. Okay, back to it. It's a tall order, Sable. Hmm, but I think we should try. Silpha, are you suggesting that they trade hearts? I am suggesting that she take the heart of my mother. The danger in that is that a human heart is... Well, perhaps we should get your father's thoughts on that. I'm a little dubious that she's going to be persuaded to take on what she likely perceives to be, pun intended, the heart of human weakness. I don't know if she perceives it that way. Drossel will chime in, because he is in the link as well, and he'll say, everything to her is a deal, so maybe if you had some leverage, you could convince her. I believe I do. All right. Well, the library is a great place to find... Additional leverage, if you'd like a backup plan? Sure. Look for one. Jalen tings with a thought and says, yeah, can we meet in the library? I have another idea, too. And she looks at Miev and says, you want to keep them close and bring them with you for this ceremony? Yes. All right. And Jalen will go out and try to find her way back to the library. Okay. Yeah, you can find your way back to the library. Sylvia, you were already headed there, so you arrive. Sable, do you redirect from the ballroom to the library? Am I there mingling? Yeah, you're basically in the ballroom. Are people talking to me? Not expressly, no. Okay. If you approach people, they'll talk to you. She'll give a deep sigh, but she'll turn and walk the way of the library. You all end up back together at the library. Drossel says, okay, well, the library is massive, so we're going to need a plan. What are we looking for? I think we already have it. She looks at Silpha and thinks, do you still have the Fenrir Queen's birth certificate? I do. Would that have the lady's name on it? It does. Have you looked at it? Out of character, we learned her name from the birth yes. certificate. We did learn her name. Because I don't know if we ever discussed it. Did we actually open it up and look at it? You did open it up and look at it. Her name is Shalienne of the Moon. Jalen thinks this for Drossel's benefit because she assumes he doesn't know it. And she says, is there leverage to have, be had with that? Sable crosses her arms and says, so you intend to threaten? 
I'm looking at our options, Sable. You could trade your knowledge of her name, but I don't know that it'll buy you much. The great queens are known. Their name is mostly public. It, it wouldn't be that helpful. Now, trading knowledge that she has a wandering mortal daughter, that could be valuable. That doesn't seem to be that hidden either. I mean, they called her the heir when we walked in. Here? Yeah. Still, though, that's a threat. I think you get more with compassion. With her? I doubt it. Well. We haven't even tried. She's not a compassionate creature, but... I think Silpha begins down a thought thread of the queen being persuaded to trade her heart and feel compassion and everything unraveling and, and going mad and Mirkwood having a fairy heart again, likewise. Sable goes quiet and keeps her arms crossed. Jalen thinks her, I'm not talking about attacking her, Sable. I'm just trying to figure out what we have because we're already at a disadvantage being mortals in a fey realm. And I don't really hold with being helpless here, if we can help it. Hmm. We are not helpless. We are changelings. She wants us. She needs us right now. She wants us and needs us until we make a decision. And then she can do right. what she likes. But we don't have to make a decision. That is tremendous leverage. Have you forgotten that? She could pressure us into making decisions, Sable, and I'd like to have something to pressure her back with if that if it comes to that. Well, then find it. Well, that's what I'm looking for. We have her name. We have the information about her daughter walking around. Two daughters at this point. We believe she may have, well, we have evidence that suggests she may have violated a tri-court agreement. You get a gasp from Drossel. Mm. Like a straight up, out loud, and in your head gasp. Jalen will think through the quick narrative of our discovering Hawthorne Spike for him. If she can, and this is in your minds again, if she can break an agreement, if she has the ability to break an agreement, then the rest of Fairy will consider her deeply broken. I that's if you if you could prove that you could you could name your you could name any price. You could destroy her. We do not want to destroy her. Mm. Are you sure? I'm not opposed to it. I don't want to see her destroyed, Sable. Do you think I want to lose my father? Why would you lose your father? Yeah, exactly, she says. I would lose my father as I know him. And she gets really emotional. The love that he has is only because of the deal he made with her. If she ceases to exist, that deal ceases to exist and my father as I know him. All the more reason to offer her compassion and not threaten her. I am going to try. Jalen looks at Drossel and says, well, technically, the queen may not have broken the deal because she may have sent somebody else to do it. She may have created a loophole. Somebody broke the deal to generate the thorns. I don't know that she... This kind of backlash is not from a loophole. The universe believes somebody broke this deal. I thought it was the Masons. Well, the Mason who was involved in the original deal is dead. So it couldn't have been him. No. It could still have been the Fenrir king line. I mean, there's a living king that it could have been him. What would be gained by the breaking of this deal, precipitating the thorns to begin with? I mean, I don't know. I don't know what anybody's motives were. Because there was an orb of moonlight permeating the castle, and the events related to us would suggest that this could have been part of some deliberate attack or plan. Well... When the Moonlight Orb was placed in the castle, the Fairy Queen's allies tore each other apart. I wonder who we know who was capable of tremendous stone shaping. That's a sarcastic statement in her own mind. 
by the way, she's left. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I'm guessing Mirkwood and the Thorn thing has come with her, right? Yep. Yep. She's going back to the ballroom. So Drossel says, in a way, it's genius. Moonlight wouldn't violate the treaty. The Fairy Queen's own allies attacked the Fairy Queen's own allies. I'm sure most of them broke their own agreements in that past. That could have easily been the Masons. Yep. But that wouldn't break the Fairy Queen's agreement. Yeah, Jalen the... goes back to the tree and Hawthorne and the roots piercing the Lord Mason. Which could have been a retaliation. Or an instigation. We don't know which one it is. That's what I'm saying. Well, a retaliation would make the most rational sense to me. Well, if we need some leverage, that agreement has to be somewhere in this library. Probably not wanting to be found. Well, if you can distract the Fairy Queen long enough for us to do some research... I'm on it. You have two sages willing to take a crack at this. Okay, what is the distraction of the Fairy Queen going to look like? I'm not going to fully out and out just storm up to her or anything, but I am going to get within what I would think would be her field of vision where her eyes open. Uh, Her eyes are still closed. And uh, with Mirkwood and with the thorns there, I will do a deep bow to her, the kind that I have done at the altars. And I will say, my queen, I asked for safe passage so that we may parlay. Her eyes flutter open and the pressure in the ballroom changes dramatically. The entire ballroom stops moving. In contrast, the pressure in the library changes dramatically in the other direction. It feels lighter as if the Fairy Queen's attention is elsewhere. So we're going to continue to roleplay this for just a little bit, but then we'll switch back to the library for roles. Oh yeah, we can go back and forth if you like. Yeah, let's establish how you're distracting her. You have her distracted, but you need to keep it going long enough for them to find books and read them. So her eyes open and there's no, no sound happens, but you, you clearly have her attention. The first thing that I am going to do is spend a little time laying on some praises. So for you, this would be an advantaged persuasion role because you have written out whole sermons of ways to praise her. Yes, 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 yes. I'd start with the whole thing. Fairy queen of the beast within us all, mistress of autumn, ruler of all things beautiful and terrible, my queen. Go ahead and give me an advantaged persuasion role. Okay. You're prepared. Thank God, because the first one was terrible. It was a six, but the second one was a 16. And it's persuasion? Yep. 20. 20. Okay. Yeah, so you have her full attention, and you can really lean into this. So back at the library, you have plenty of time to find your first book. So, Silpha, give me an investigation roll. You have advantage because you're a sage. And Drossel's going to roll. And Jalen will look, too. She, okay. she does have an investigation skill. You do not have advantage, but you can right. roll it. A 17. Okay. 14. Drossel comes up with a 15. So the three of you spread out. You all find books very quickly related to deals specifically with the Mason family and start flipping through them. Silpha, you rolled the highest. You have the right book. So you start reading. Meanwhile, back at the ballroom, you've finished about as much praise as you can possibly heap on a person. Where are you going next? Yeah, I finish with I am in awe. And then I say, and yet I know you are in pain. I see it in the sky. I see it in the trees. I see it in the thorns. I see it in us. I feel it in our hearts. I have come to offer solace. The fairy queen's head tilts to the side, and you you get the impression that you should continue. I know that you have met my father, Mirkwood, the heartrender. She gives you a nod. 
You have not met him as he is now, correct? She gives you a nod. He has changed. He found love for a mortal. And in that love, they made me. What he has within him is the heart of my mother. The heart of the woman who bore me and gave me life. Even now, I know that he feels it. Am I right, father? Mirkwood just nods. It is a love that doesn't end, correct? He nods. My lady, if I may be so bold, I know that your heart is wounded because you love someone whose love can fade. But a mortal daughter's love for her mortal mother cannot. Neither can a mortal mother's love for her daughter. The others who have come with me can tell you this. So can Mirkwood. I ask you, lady, consider expanding the love that you feel and finding one that is truly eternal. Take the heart of my mother. Love me, because I cannot stop loving you. The fairy queen opens her mouth to speak, and I need a wisdom saving throw. I fucking want a persuasion. <laughs> Roll. You'll for get that. there. You'll get there. Just a second. This is just to stay on your feet. <laughs> but she's about to break the sound barrier. Okay, wisdom. Luckily, wisdom is my good one. So, 19. 19. Her voice, her real voice, rolls through the hall and. The room reacts instantly. Your knees shake. Your body shakes. It's violent, almost, in just how intense it is. You stay standing. Kindly give me a persuasion roll. Can I get advantage? Because, boy, I have really worked on this. Thinking through her motives, not yet. It's all right. I rolled a fucking 17. I'll send you a picture. God damn it. I got a 17. No, that's okay. That is good. Perception is... No, wait. What am I rolling? Persuasion? Persuasion. That's a 21. Okay. She leans in and says, with her real voice, Now this will require some intense negotiation. So that conversation is going to ensue, but the library folks have enough time to read. That's awesome. So Silpha, Jalen, and Drossel, you have the right book. Everybody give me an investigate roll. 11. I'm sorry, that's not an 11. Nine. <laughs> oh, still investigate. Is it advantage? The sages have advantage, yes. Oh, much better. Nice. 23. So, Jalen, the, the words are just flowery and in a way you can't... It's like legalese. Yeah, you, you really cannot follow. Forthwith and forsooth. Yeah. <laughs> it's not working. It's I mean, it's language from a thousand years ago, too, which means it's just in-freaking comprehensible. Drossel's actually really struggling with the age of this text, but Silpha, you've you've read a few things this old before, and you kind of enjoy it. <laughs> nerd! You're the Shakespeare nerd <laughs> of this crew. So you're able to dig into this text and really understand it. So you find the original agreement between House Mason, King Fenrir, and the Fairy Queen. Amazing. And... I'm not going to read off any specific passages or anything, but I'm going to give you a couple of insights that you gain right away. The first is that the Fairy Queen seems to get very little out of this, unless her goal was to bathe the land in her magic, because that's what she succeeded in doing. She gives out these huge benefits and gets very little in return. So year 21 tells you, you you're pretty sure her motive in this 
was specifically to weave her magic through the mortal land of Fenrir. You get the impression from the wording that Lord Mason needed to avoid direct confrontation with the Fairy Queen, that he didn't think he could win. And so he got a non-aggression pact out of it. Now, in the wording, it didn't say that they wouldn't work against each other, just that they wouldn't physically assault each other. So you suspect that this did not end hostility in any way, shape, or form. It just prevented deaths. Cold War was the word you used before. Yeah. And King Fenrir got bountiful harvests, basically, for all time. And so the lands prospered under this. So that seems to be the motives, based on the wording that you can extract. You also can tell that from the way that this, from the facts that you think you know, the only outcome that could have resulted in these thorns is the fairy queen breaking this pact. It's the only outcome that would have had this result. You suspect it would have been very hard to find this book if she were focusing on you. Yeah, so Silpha will explain as much to her companions, to Jalen and to, to Drossel. There's chairs in this library, right? Oh, yeah. Okay, so Jalen sits down in a chair and leans back and thinks for a minute and says, If we needed to, your father gave you a token that could bring him here. He did. Could he bring Hawthorne Spike with him? This is still in thought. <laughs> right. I mean, that's still working, right? Yeah. Who are you sharing with? Probably Silpha at this point, okay. because she knows, A, she knows Sable is off to distract the Fairy Queen, and she doesn't really want to interject in that and cause a distraction in Sable, but also because she knows Sable is not going to be happy with this idea. Mm -hmm. So the answer to that question is, you don't know how your father travels across planes. Maybe you could ask. Silpha says, it's possible, but... He would also have to find Hawthorne, and currently she doesn't want to be found. True. The only other thing I'll point out about this book is that the exact wording doesn't name Lord Mason. Hmm. It names the champion of House Mason. So if you wanted to reignite this old agreement... She could make it with a new Mason. You would need to make it with a new Mason that is perceived as a champion of House Mason. Well, Jalen says that sounds like Byron, right? Well, he's not the head of his house. Well, it doesn't, it doesn't look like it has to be the head of the house. It needs to be somebody who's perceived as the champion. Roll me history. I will roll history. Um, 17. Oh, amazing. My history is a plus nine, so it is a 25. Nice. <laughs> Damn. Okay. It occurs to you both at the same moment that House Mason has one person who could probably qualify as a champion without question. They just haven't married Byron yet. Mm. They are engaged. <laughs> well, how do you feel about trying to renegotiate a deal? So let's jump back to our deal making in the room. So we'll give Julie and Mandy time to think about how do they think about that <laughs> restarting that deal. You're fairly certain, by the way, that it would solve the thorn problems, but it would not solve the pulling Fenrir into the Feywild problem. Right. But the tree pretty well indicated that a new deal getting negotiated among the relevant parties would take care of the thorn problem. Yeah. But we've been told that pretty explicitly. Yeah. So you're halfway to a solution if you decide that this is worth doing. So meanwhile, back in the ballroom, the Fairy Queen has counter-offered. Oh. And she says, swap your mother's heart. For Marigold Varathi's heart. Perhaps then she can fall in love again. I say, my lady, you will have to forgive my ignorance. I do not know how 
swapping one mortal heart for another would change this. I do not know how increasing my love would fix my immediate problem. I love a woman who struggles to love me back, but I will win. I will give her everything she wants. I actually take time to think about that. And I do actually think about it because I seriously do not know if she can read my mind or not. So I think about that. You're not getting a mind reading vibe from your conversations with Cass. You remember her whole hating the fairy queen and worshiping her emotional outbursts as an underhanded way. It makes you think she doesn't. What's in your mind is yours. She can't quite control that. I'll say, allow me to counteroffer. Take the heart of my mother. And once the deal is done and the change is made, I will make whatever decision about my nature that you desire. And I will be your emissary to Marigold so she can learn to love you again. Mm, the fairy queen sits back quietly and you can tell she's churning on this. She's having, she's getting stuck on a number of points. <laughs> and she comes back around and says, I think I can fix this. With my current power, I can make this work. Roll me insight, please. 18 plus 9. So that would be a 27. Seven. Nice. Holy crap. Yeah. <laughs> you, she's not reading your thoughts, but you're sure as hell reading hers. <laughs> I have been preparing for this for a long time. It occurs to you that she doesn't understand that Marigold isn't being literal. Mm -hmm. It occurs to you that she thinks Marigold still loves her and that she is trying to take these indirect arguments and fulfill them. In her mind, this is still a fully solvable problem, but you also made an insight roll against Marigold, and you know that it's not. It's not a solvable problem. Marigold, with her current faculties, is not going to fall back in love with the Fairy Queen. Yeah. I'm going to be blunt with her. I'm going to say, my queen, when a mortal's love is lost, it doesn't return. What I am offering you is a love that can't be lost. One you can feel forever. But I already feel love forever. And it's killing you. It is destroying you. It pains you. With a mortal heart, you can feel love that builds you, that sustains you instead. Give me a persuasion roll. Oh, God, I've been rolling really well. This is going to be like... Do you want to buy ourselves shoes? <laughs> yeah, you should have her shoes. I really should. Oh, shit. What am I rolling? Persuasion. Persuasion. Uh, well, okay, 16. 16's good. Most okay. mortals would have caved. <sighs> the fairy queen seems to double down a little bit. And you can tell there's something in the air that's happening as the room starts to get colder. You know, without having to roll insight, that you're pissing her off. However, she doesn't... This isn't a temper tantrum yet. She looks down at you and says... I have all the love I can stand. I do not wish more or different. I just want the return of what is mine. We're going to cut back. So Jalen sits forward with her elbows on her knees, and she thinks, I'm not looking for violence and destruction, but I think we have to be ready for it. And it seems like the viable pieces that we have is first, Sable's compassion plan. We can see how that goes. Second, we could talk her into renegotiating this original deal. You're 
capable of doing that. She'd have to bring... Or she looks at Drossel and says, you can negotiate for the king. He gave you that position, right? Yes, I can set the terms. So the two of you could negotiate a new agreement with her if she concedes to doing that. If not, there's a third piece where we could call your father here and lay out what we know about Hawthorne Spike, which is risky. Drossel says in order to make that work, though, Sylva would have to get married through a sending spell. <laughs> Wouldn't be real romantic. Jalen looks at Sylva and says, I don't know where you are with wanting to marry him or not. You're wearing his ring. I've accepted his proposal. If we can get the lady to agree to renegotiate these terms, could she bring Byron here and you could marry here? And I think you probably recognize that Jalen's gone into a stone cold mode. She's not saying things to hurt or be hurt or whatever. She's just really in strategic. She realizes we're dealing with stone cold law, and so she's going into that mode herself. Suffolk looks to Drossel and says, It seems to me that these agreements made for all the people of the kingdom on behalf of just a few individuals that someone recognizes as having the authority to do so are the cause of some of our current suffering now. She's truly just looking to someone for counsel. Is it truly wise to renew this? Drossel says, The downside of being immortal is I can't look as far into the future as a fae. But what I can tell you is this this agreement worked for a thousand years. I mean, renewing it could create a thousand more years of peace. You don't necessarily need to renew it under the same terms. You can create new terms, and you can address the problem in those terms of punishing an entire kingdom for one person's action, or one creature's action. Hmm, now that we could do. Drossel seems to be getting excited now. We could come up with a new... A couple new set of terms. One of the things we could do is, if we could get the Fairy Queen to back off this absorbing the mortal realm thing, we could put that in there. Jalen nods. Speaking of working on that argument, let's jump over to trying to get the Fairy Queen to back off absorbing the mortal realm. <laughs> so the last thing that she said is, I just want what's mine. Like, she can fix this, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I say, on that, my queen, you are absolutely correct. You have the power. To fix this. I have no doubt. And I spend a minute just, you have this, you have this, you have this, just kind of talking up her ego. But you are missing a key aspect of what you need for that plan to work. I have seen Marigold's dreams. And for mortals, their dreams represent their heart. I know what is missing. And that is why I am here. I want to help you. You're saying to me that Marigold cannot, will not, love me again. Not as you are. Now give me a persuasion roll, and this time you have advantage. Okay. That's good, because that was a one. <laughs> okay, that's good. Okay, okay, what's my persuasion? Oh, that's gonna be a twelve. Twelve, okay. <sighs> she leans back in her seat and says can i have a double advantage a double advantage no i no, knew that it was advantage. gonna see i just rolled it again i got another one god damn it i've worked on this for so long okay it's okay it's okay one failure does not mean that this is over she leans back and says why should i have to change i am i am an eternal queen i am nearly a god marigold should change that's the problem my lady that is precisely why mortals are changing beings and she cannot see any change in you as she grows 
And as she learns and transforms, she will move away from you. This is a flaw in Marigold. Perhaps, perhaps we should get her a fairy heart. My dear queen, it is a flaw in all mortal beings. A fairy heart will not fix it. She does not love you right now. If you give her a fairy heart, she will never love you again. The queen leans back and says, I won't believe this. I won't believe that she does not love me anymore. Then ask her. Roll me persuasion, this time regular straight-up roll. Fuck! <laughs> oh, that was three in a row. That's a one. And there is another one! Hold on. New dice. This is, no, New wait, dice. hold on. <laughs> no, okay. She leans back in her throne and says, I do not need to ask her. She has told me her opinions. She has said her piece. And I am making her dreams come true. I will give her everything, everything she ever wanted. And we will cut back over to the library. I knew that was a possibility, oh. but damn it. Um, you can still recover. You just have to find a new argument. Yeah, I just roll ones at those moments. <laughs> yeah. That really yeah. fucking matter. You yeah, set you just... that stage. She's not bought into the argument. Yeah, that I know, she I know. should have to change. That's that's the result of this. Well, that makes sense. It does make sense. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, there's a standing question I think from Jalen is to Silpha is, are you willing to try this? I think Silpha's got her hands up to her mouth and is looking pale. And Silpha says, if it's the only way we can resolve this, I suppose. But you know, my own father told me if people knew the costs of these deals, they wouldn't make them. What am I doing? Well. You could make a deal just to undo the original deal and release us from the thorns. You don't necessarily have to establish brand new terms. We just need her to agree to negotiate fixing the agreement that was broken or resolving it or forgiving it such that we're not in the thorns anymore. I think that's the bare minimum that we have to do. We would have to convince her to agree to that negotiation in the first place, but it seems like the thorns are affecting her as much as it's affecting us. So it would probably be to her advantage to agree, I imagine. She looks at Drossel. Drossel says it's very hard to guess her motives and advantages. She's playing a game longer than any of us can, than our minds can comprehend. I think the best thing we can do is arm ourselves with the arguments and push. Well, and it seems to me that the issue of the thorns and her subsuming the realm are two separate issues. And the most pressing one to people's safety currently is, well, subsuming. that she's absorbing our world into hers. We have the technology to traverse the thorns now. We do. It seems like we have to persuade her that pulling Fenrir here is just a bad idea. It's not going to give her what she wants. Well, and that's in line with her feelings towards Marigold and Sable's plan. Let's cut back over to Sable's plan for just a second. Your father, Sable, interjects, and he says, As you know, milady, we have had this conversation about modifying Marigold, and I cannot modify an unwilling heart. You'll have to convince Marigold that she needs her heart changed to make this work. And to do that, I believe you'd have to release her and bring her here. And Mirkwood's going to give us an advantaged persuasion roll. He rolls a natural 20. Ah. Yay! Go, Dad! It's good that I gave him advantage because he rolled a 3 and a 20. So she says, 
I will entertain this only momentarily. Her pain brings me pain. And Mirkwood says, evidence that we need to change something. And there's this rushing noise as the air fundamentally shifts and the wind is pulled into this room. And we see a ice sculpture just sliding on the air around the corner and pulled into the middle of this ballroom. And it instantaneously melts and Marigold startles awake. And she says, oh, we have, we have visitors. I'm, I'm not ready to accept visitors, my queen. And the lady's voice says, it's okay, Marigold. You're beautiful all the time. And Marigold fidgets. I give Marigold a deep bow curtsy. And I will say, Lady Marigold, my name is Sable Valeria Varathi Mirkwood. You are my ancestor. She turns and looks at you and says, a- Ancestor? You are a Varathi, yes? Yes, a- absolutely. But <laughs> ancestors usually reserved for people who have gone through many, many generations. As has been the case. And she tilts her head at you and turns and tilts her head at the Fairy Queen. And the Fairy Queen says, time does not work here as it does in your realm. And Marigold turns back and looks at you and says, how long has it been? A thousand years since Marigold married her, right? So, if I understand correctly, the formation of the Circle of the Moon was part of your nuptials? I created the Circle of the Moon. The Queen is required to ensure its success in my absence since I moved here. The Circle of the Moon, Lady Marigold, has existed for in my world for a thousand years. She just stares at you dumbstruck, and then she looks at the fairy queen, and the fairy queen nods, and Marigold looks back at you, and then you can see her get really angry. And interestingly, you know there's this small space around everybody? Mm-hmm. Marigold's space is actually quite large. <laughs> yeah. As the cold turns hot, and the wind turns dangerous and you can see darkened clouds forming in the 25 foot ceiling above her and she turns her attention to the fairy queen and says this is exactly what i'm talking about you you take and you give nothing a thousand years and the fairy queen's face goes stoic if i can please do touch marigold's shoulder very lightly to get her attention. She looks at you. And I'll say... She looks mad. Marigold, that is why I'm here. To help the queen understand what you mean. She can't in her current state. But she does not believe me. She is this creature, Sable. This creature before us. There is no changing her. I look to my father. And Mirkwood says, I don't believe we've met. I am the heart render of the Winter Court. I change hearts. And Marigold turns and looks at him, and you can see the storm that was forming start to break apart, but it becomes confusion. Mm. The winds just start to whip around randomly. The weather shifts around her, and she says, You think that you can change the queen of this court? And your father says, I can Definitely, if she's willing. And I think Marigold turns to the queen, and you see disbelief flash over her face. And then Sable, she looks at you like, help me. She says, the heart that lies here 
inside the chest of my father. It is my mother's heart, the one who gave me life. Imagine the compassion. My mother died giving me life. I never knew her. I would like to, if we can but convince the one who loves you that she needs that compassion for you to have a chance of loving her back. Can you help? Roll me an advantaged persuasion check. Okay. Okay. No ones. No ones. No ones. Oh, that's two. Okay, that's better. So that's 16. Marigold is immortal. This persuasion would probably not have worked on the Fairy Queen, but it does work on Marigold. And you see her set her face, set her lip. And even though there's a tear running down the side of her face, she turns and stares directly at the Fairy Queen and says, I would give you one more chance. And this, and she points at your father, is that chance. All right. So I think we need a we need a summative d20 roll here. So Sable, give me an advantaged persuasion roll to summarize this whole exchange. I'm lowering the DC from 20, which is manipulating the fairy queen, to 15, which is manipulating the fairy queen if you're marigold. How'd you I do? Just rolled a 19, so that gives me a 24. Nice. Okay. She folds her hands, and the the queen's emotions go tumultuous. Sure that that's clear in the entire castle. Yeah, the air shifts everywhere. Even in the library, books are falling off the shelves. You know in the library something has happened. And then things settle all of a sudden. And she says, we will need to negotiate the exact terms, Heartrender. And that is the end of our show. Special thanks to Todd Ferguson of My Pet Machine for our tunes and Julie at Elaborate Flight of Fancy for our logo. You can find them both on Facebook. Don't forget to leave us a rating and review. With a deal brewing to end the pole of Fenrir into the fairy wild, our heroes have to deal with the thorns next. Find out how next time on Carrots and Suffering, a D&D Odyssey. Julie, they have found Miracle. Uh sorry, yeah. Sable and Silpha. Julie's not there. <laughs> Julie is actually a completely different NPC in the Fey Realm. <laughs> Playing houses and humans. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Oh, we gotta give we gotta give random NPC former <laughs> lover a name. <laughs> sorry, it's me. Jalen always asks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> ah. Is everything okay? No, I'm getting I You know, suddenly sideways. Them. Yeah. <laughs> Chris's office is eating Julie. No! <laughs> it was a mimic the whole time. All my cords <laughs> decided to entangle me. Uh-huh. I was joking, but apparently. because of the way I was sitting. <laughs>